This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Grab your emotional support animal and get ready for a dose of reality. Hey, you over there? Don't pick at it. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by. Get ready for the countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. Get a look behind the scenes of the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by for our interview with Leo in Puerto Rico. What's up, Leo? How's it going? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All right, so. Nice. So you're in Puerto Rico still, right? Yeah, I'm in, I'm still in Puerto Rico. All right, all right. What's your uh, What's your favorite song right now? My favorite song. Uh huh. <clears throat> uh, well, I don't listen too much of. But I definitely been listening a lot to Olivia Rodrigo, and I know it sounds corny, but yeah, uh, that's what I've been listening to. Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Oh, she's a new artist. Uh, she's like 17 years old, but she makes you feel like a lot of like emotions. Olivia with the O. Yeah, o Olivia. Olivia, hmm. Let's see if I can find any of that on here. What's the name of a song if I was gonna try to find the actual song? Oh, the, uh... <laughs> you don't even know, do you? Huh? You don't even know a name of a song. Well, her whole <laughs> album. Oh, which uh, is all amazing? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh... Oh, Olivia her Rodrigo. Is, I see it. I see it. Okay. Yeah, her album is Sour. And, uh, Sour. Yeah, it's, uh, she's 17 years old, and she had a, uh, well, now she's 18, but when she was releasing this CD, uh -huh. she was still 17. Oh. And uh, she was going through some heartbreak and stuff like that with uh, an actor. That she uh, uh, with another actor because she's uh, she's from you know the Disney Plus. Oh, she's uh, Disney. Okay. The high yeah High School Musical the oh, musical the series. Gotcha. So she's a Disney girl. Yeah. I, I found something. Let's see what we got. Let's see what she sounds like. What the young cool kids are uh, into nowadays. Right, well, I recommend driver's license. That's like the one that. Oh, driver's out. license. Uh, this is good for you, yeah. spelled with a number four and the letter letter U. Oh, that one's a good one. All right, she's putting on mascara, taking a selfie. Looks like she just set fire to something. 
So he's using one of those new oh, wait, Motorola wait, flip phones that like flips up that no one no one has. Oh yeah, like kind of rockery, punk-ish. Yeah, like a yeah, punkish. Nice. Give it a listen. But, it looks like High School Musical. They're like in a gym wearing cheerleader uniforms, doing a little pom pom dance. Yeah, but he actually took that inspiration from, uh, from you know the that movie uh, Jennifer's Body, I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much from that. <laughs> it's cool. It's different. All right. Well. I just want to get a little intro to uh, bring you in for a second, but all right, now now that I got some intro music, well, uh, I'm going to do a full intro, and then I'll just talk to you like I normally would talk to anybody else, all right? All right, you're going to hear some music, kind of go in and out, and then you'll hear an intro pop in, all right? So just kind of mm-hmm. sit silent for a second, and then I'll, I'll intro you, okay? Of course. All right, no the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. It's July 6th and we made it through the coronavirus. Fourth of July had some fireworks all around the country. Things are open. People are out getting back to normal not wearing masks, going to concerts. It's getting, it's getting pretty amazing. You know, I'm like, I'm pretty psyched about it. Um, I think today we're going to have a interview with one of my good friends, Leo, who's down in Puerto Rico and has been there for a couple of years now. Hey, Leo, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, hanging out. You know, I'm in, I'm in Las Vegas now. I know you are in Puerto Rico. Uh, tell me a little bit. What's been going on down in Puerto Rico? Like, how's it been during the coronavirus? And well, um, maybe go into a little bit about you know National Guard and things like that, if you can. Well, um, I actually got out of the National Guard. Okay, so you did that for a couple years. Uh, How long was that? Uh, since December two thousand seventeen. Nice. So, pretty recently. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's actually been pretty good. Uh, I've been hanging out uh, a lot in Condado. What's and that? there's a lot of tourism. Uh, Condado is like, uh, it's in San Juan. Okay. But it's, uh, it's, it's uh, more touristy. <laughs> it's more touristy. Like, it's pretty much like saying, like, uh, the strip in, in Las Vegas. Gotcha. But it's like all English people and, yeah, it's actually been really nice. But lots of cuties out there, you know. <laughs> and and you know, and the beach is actually really, really nice. I know. Like, we want to do a little visit. Cold. Yeah, the water's so cold oh, here. 
Oh yeah, and even like if the water is technically cold, like the outside is pretty hot, that once you even get in, uh, especially now in this time of year, it's really hot out there. Sometimes it's like rainy, but you know, it's uh, it's still really nice just to go to the beach, even even if it's in rainy season. Yeah, it's it gets super hot. I mean, like it was 115 one day; it's 106 today. But I don't know. Everybody has air conditioning here. It's not like in San Diego, nobody had air conditioning and it was like, you know, it was so fucking hot there. But here people actually have AC. So oh, that's, yeah. that's, it's not as bad because when you're outside, you're, you're out there for a little while, but you're not living your entire life outside. It's just, you know, you're for temporary and then you come into the, the AC. Even the gyms here are like fucking ice cold. In San Diego, you go to the gym, It would they would just put some fans in the corners and like be like, eh, tough it out, people. Yeah, but like over here, it doesn't even get to like the hundreds. I think that the most it ever gets in here is like 98, nice. and that's like really rare. Really rare. Is it humid there uh, like it is yeah, in like North Carolina? Do you have like the humidity issue? Oh, no, no. Now, like, so it's like the dry. The wind here actually blows, oh, actually blows wind. Like, oh my God, I love it here. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't know about yeah, Vegas. It's like that too. It's it's always kind of breezy. There's always like a little breeze coming through. It's kind of nice. Yeah, but over here, like, uh, you, you, like, I don't have air conditioner in my apartment. And I just have like the, like the, like a fan, you know, like one of those that you like stand anywhere, mm -hmm. and that's all I, and that's all I use. Nice. I, obviously, I like to sleep in there with, like I'm freezing cold. I usually like turn on the the air conditioner maybe for like four hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I put the timer on. Plus, I'm trying to save energy because I don't want to, you know, like. You know, like I, I wanna be able to wake up and actually be able to get out of bed. But even <laughs> so, I still, I still, I still go ahead and, and uh, you know, I just put the timer. But because the other day I, I didn't do it, and it was like so bad to like try to get out of the bed because you know, like when I'm in the comforter, like everything's all nice. You know, you don't want to get out as you're freezing. Then I like, take it out. I'm like, oh hell no. Yep, exactly. And I also put the fan on because I usually have like the fan on just so that it like, you know, like the air from the air conditioner just like moves everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, like and just keep it cool after it turns off. But yeah, like when it's still on and you're waking up and then you have the fan on, it's like extra cold. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> What's well, yeah, good? It's, it's actually been... It's actually been really good uh, living in here. Well, nice. Well, uh, I want to hear some more about Puerto Rico. Uh, do you guys celebrate Pride there, or is like they have a Pride festival or anything? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, All right. Well, hey, let's. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little break. And then I'm going to come back and I want you to tell me all about what's going on down in Puerto Rico and what you've seen for Pride so far and things like that. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. We'll be right back. Yes, queen, yes, queen, yes, queen! Yeah! LGBTQ plus news making headlines. Stand clear. There will be glitter. So like feminine or are you more like masculine? Feminine. I can already tell when you open your mouth, the rainbow fell out. <laughs> Okay, girl, bye. Bye.
Most Americans are repelled by the mere notion of homosexuality. The CBS News survey shows that two out of three Americans look upon homosexuals with disgust. No matter what you preach or say. No matter what you preach or say. There's no fighting DMI. You can't breathe This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by. All right, so tell me a little bit. What's been going on for, like, Pride, LGBT going on in Puerto Rico? What's it like down there? Well, this last weekend, they uh, they actually did this, uh, this event called Hydro Pride. <clears throat> it's, uh, like, in every other year, uh, except for last year, uh, they did. They will get like a. They will get like a uh, a couple of the bars, of the gay bars mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, and they will go ahead. Uh, and sometimes they will have like porn stars or and go-go boys <laughs> in, in, in the place, and they will like uh, you know like uh, it's usually like for the whole weekend. And I know I went there one time in 2019. I think it was. And and I got Wing Wing uh, was in the event. He was like uh, one of the go-go boys in there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was really fun. It, it was kind of like a race type of thing. Nice. And uh, yeah, and then uh, and they will have like drag queens in there, uh, uh, local mainly. But there, uh, this year they actually had one that's from Florida. I forgot her name, but yeah, they, they were both really good. I know you guys and... love drag queens. You know, they scare me. <laughs> like, I, I never get too close to them because, like, like during coronavirus here at the gay bars, like, like you had to be in, like, your seats. You don't really leave your seat. So they kind of come right up to you, to where you are, sitting at the seat and, like, get right in your little area. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. Like, I don't need all this, like, you know. And they don't do anything, I'm sorry, like... All they do is walk around asking for a dollar. Like, you know, some of them aren't even dancing. It's like, come on. Like, you know, do something good. Well, at least, at least, well, at least the ones over here, they, they do actual, like, they dance and they, like, perform pretty much, like, uh, and, and, and a little bit of lip syncing. But, yeah, like, I enjoy it, you know, because it's like, it's an entertainment that, that yeah. you know that you're seeing you're seeing a show or an activity that it that you don't actually usually see on TV or I guess it uh, is free. Yeah, so that that's why I kind of enjoy it, and you know they don't actually kiss anymore because you know the whole coronavirus yeah. thing. But, uh, you know, like uh, I, I I don't mind like giving a little uh, kiss and a little kiss. Stuff like that, so. So you love it. You're missing the kisses uh, during coronavirus time. Uh, I miss pre-coronavirus. Eh, it's coming back to normal. Is it so? There is is stuff at the bars back to normal, or is it stuff? Is it still kind of segmented? Well, I'm not really sure, but I heard that after uh, uh, starting this week, uh, they were actually letting people be without masks. But whenever I used to go to Condado, uh, I will, obviously I would take my mask and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and 
And then when I'm in the beach, I just take it off because I am not gonna be in the beach or oh, yeah. walking like, around. I didn't wear my mask. You know, with... I remember like six months ago, um, they were like, yeah, you can take your masks off outside now. I was like, bitch, I haven't been wearing a mask outside ever. Like, if I'm just going outside, I can be six feet from someone easily. Like, I don't need to have a mask on, like, because I can, I can be physically apart. So what's the, what, what's the necessary oh. here? But I don't know. Well, oh, well of course. But I want to come I, visit I you for sure, though. Over here. Yeah, I want to come visit you. So I want to see what yeah, it's but, like in Puerto Rico. I mean, I know it's a different country, kind of, but it is still part of America. So I've never been anywhere like that, where it's kind of like part of the country, but different. So I'm curious. It'd be an interesting experience, I think. Oh, yeah. And you better hit me up whenever you get here. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Do you want to stick around for one more um, segment? I want to. I want to talk about Juul. I know you're a you're a smoker and you've tried like every e-cigarette out there. Have you ever tried Juul? Juul? No, I actually went back to to cigarettes. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna be right back. We're gonna talk about that lawsuit in North Carolina for Juul. We'll keep Leo on for one more segment if he wants to stay around. Uh, you're gonna hang out. Yeah, sure. All right. We're going to be back with Dr. Whoever's NC News. If y'all ever come to North Carolina, folks, y'all better better have your ducks in a row and uh, be prepared to not be amazed. Y'all be cool, stay classy. I love everywhere in the world but North Carolina. (laughs) Y'all got a special, special spot in my heart. Y'all crazy. Y'all fit right in here. Love y'all. If I didn't live here, I'd move, wouldn't you? Well, the way people talk around here, I guess it'd be what's more like you call hillbilly style or something. Yes, I don't know. Just some mountain talk. Like singing, you know. We're kind of like we're singing. Lita said we're singing, not talking, you know. Yeah, I like my mother. I love you too. It's great to be back in Greenville with so many proud North Carolina patriots who love our country, support our military, respect our place, honor our flag, and always support you. They talk about how Joe Biden is suffering from dementia. Hello? Joe Biden's riding his bike and leading the country quite well. This guy's running around with pants that look like he, he pooped in them or something. It's weird. And by the way, didn't, didn't, he steal, didn't he steal a lot of money from... Oh, my God. Don't forget to take your meds. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. New episodes weekly at DoctorWhoever.com. All right, this is the Doctor Whoever Project. You're back with me, and I got Leo on here, too. It is July 6th, 2021. Uh, Leo's been down in Puerto Rico for a while now. He's just recapping what it's like uh, being in a foreign country that's actually part of your own country, uh, working for the National Guard, helping out with hurricane relief, and I think going to school, hanging out, just living a normal life down in Puerto Rico. Right, Leo? Yes, I am. 
All right, so I know uh, you're a smoker and everything. What's it like in uh, Puerto Rico? Can you smoke inside bars there at restaurants, or is it like against the law like it is here? Uh, yes, it's pretty much, but you can go anywhere outside, and you know, like any open area, pretty much you can you can go ahead and smoke. Nice. Well, in it's North like Carolina, area. in North Carolina, a court actually just settled with the company Juul, uh, the e-cigarette brand, and it's like a $40 million segment. It's crazy. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. All right, well, here, I'm going to play a clip. Uh, this will talk about it. Uh, this is Juul law Lawsuit Settlement, North Carolina. Um, this is NBC Nightly News. E-cigarette giant Juul didn't just hook North Carolina kids on their products. It was part of their business strategy according to a North Carolina lawsuit filed in 2019. NBC News spoke with Luca Kynert that year. I noticed I was like, this is getting out of control. 15 years old at the time, Luca had to go to rehab to get over his addiction to e-cigarettes. He went from being a straight-A student to an F student. Today, Jewel and the state announced a $40 million settlement. Today's court order will go a long way towards ensuring Jewel, which had already stopped selling its fruity and sweet flavors in the U.S., is now agreeing to several new changes, including not using models under the age of 35 in its advertising. The company denies any wrongdoing, adding in a statement, this settlement is consistent with our ongoing effort to reset our company as we continue to combat underage usage. Jewel argues their product is an... So, basically... Jewel just won a lawsuit for $40 million just because North Carolina was like, eh, we don't like you selling this and, you know, uh, trying to target teenagers. But that's crazy, right? Like, you can just, you can't even have a marketing for your company anymore because you don't want people to be able to smoke. It's like, it's like you can't do anything anymore. It's kind of getting well, a little silly. I know, what, uh, what age were you when you started smoking? Oh, I was 20, uh, 21, 20. actually. So you started early, like, well, not early, I guess later, I guess you would say. Like, a lot of people start smoking, um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people start smoking in high school, but you started smoking, like, as an well, adult. Well, I know a lot of my friends, they started at 14. Well, did you start uh -huh. because of, like, the Navy? Did you start when you were in the Navy more, or was it, is that mostly what it was? Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah, so I'm like Yeah, like nobody's nobody's suing the Navy because it promotes smoking. It's just I don't know. I feel like we're getting a little ridiculous nowadays with choices. Um like I, I love that you can have marijuana here in Nevada, uh, California, a lot I mean a lot of places now. But I don't know, we're, we're, we're going after these like why jewel? You know, I know they got bought out by like a large cigarette company recently. So maybe that's a reason it's easier to target a giant corporation than you know like a small little e-cig but there's like tons of those when you go to the gas station you um all you do is you see like tons and tons of e-cigs on the back wall and all that stuff i mean self-control if you want to smoke smoke if you don't want to smoke don't smoke but you said you're back okay. on Ooh. real cigarettes right yeah so why the change? But it's you also just like because, uh, decided just to like yeah, go back to the real thing. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna do it, you might as well yeah. do it. 
So yes, and also it was kind of pretty hard to find, uh, you know, the liquids for the vapes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm saying because like they're making it more difficult to for the e-cigarettes and uh, they got rid of the flavors. Maybe people like the flavors, so they like like they got rid of all the flavors a while ago. Like just adults like grape and blueberry and strawberry banana flavors too, just as much as like kids do. So that doesn't really make sense to me. All right. Oh, that's true, but and I understand why why they would go ahead and, and kind of contraband it mm-hmm. in a way, but because you know it, it like it's an actual addiction that it shouldn't be out there. To be honest, like I don't want it to to be honest. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah. but, but at the same time, because but it's I think it's a lot more to prevent actual children mm-hmm. to go ahead and and, and buy uh, well but you're not supposed to sell it to children anyway so that's where I don't understand so like if like we we don't outlaw selling a four loco that's strawberry kiwi flavor and you have to be 21 years old to buy a four loco just like you're supposed to be 21 to buy a tobacco product so why can't I have a four loco flavored e-cigarette if I wanted to it just doesn't seem to make sense like so you can have a flavored drink, but yeah, I can't have a flavored smoke. I don't know. That seems stupid to me, but we're gonna come right back and we're gonna move on to something a little bit more interesting. I know you're a Disney Channel kind of guy. I used to. You, you just talked earlier about this. This uh, who's the singer that you like from the Disney Channel? We were listening to in the beginning. Beginning. Oh, that's uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo. So, um, did you ever watch That So Raven? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought you probably would. All right, so we're going to come back, and uh, I got some That's So Raven news for you. Uh, I don't know. Let's take a quick little break so we can have Leo on for another segment. You want to stay around for one more? Uh, we'll do a actually, no. quick little two-minute one, and then I'll call it a day. How about that? Okay. All right. This is a Doctor Whoever project. Be right back. Hey, you over there, don't pick at it. This is the Dominic Project. Stand by. All right, let's throw on some That's So Raven music. All right, so there's That's So Raven news. I know that's kind of weird to hear, you know. Who's thought about That's So Raven in, in a while? But um, do you know, like, the little brother? Uh, I guess he was named, was his name Corey on the show? Did she have a little brother? Yeah. Okay, so apparently his real name is Kyle Massey, and he's been charged with felony attempts to send explicit content to a minor and try to have sex with some young girls. Uh, let's, let, let's hear this story from Access Hollywood. Kyle Massey is reportedly facing a felony charge after being accused of sending sexually explicit messages to a teen. The That's So Raven actor was charged with one count of communication with a minor for immoral purposes, according to court documents filed earlier this month in King County, Washington Superior Court, which were obtained by Access Hollywood. Massey has yet to publicly react to the news, and Access Hollywood has reached out to a rep for the star for comment. The felony charge is connected to a 2019 civil lawsuit against the Disney Channel star, which was later dropped. Massey had been accused of sending a 13-year-old girl, quote, numerous sexually explicit text messages, His images, wiener, and I videos, guess. which he denied at the time. 
Both the previous civil lawsuit and the new criminal filing allege that Massey met the teen in question when she was around four years old. Oh my God. And then he kept in contact with her family over the years. The suit reportedly additionally shared that the young girl was interested in a career in the entertainment industry and claimed that Massey had, quote, held himself out as a father figure. The girl's mother alleged to the prosecutor in the criminal case that in December 2018, Massey requested to be friends with her daughter on Snapchat and that around the same time, he began suggesting the team be sent down to Los Angeles to stay with him and his I girlfriend. Like it was through Snapchat that Kyle allegedly sent her multiple uh, explicit texts, pictures, and videos, including a video allegedly yeah, it's depicting like, the actor exposing himself. They don't, After they have this attention, it makes sense, but then they kind of, they fall off. They were only in this kind of one-hit show, but they're trying to kind of ride that for the rest of her life to get attention and things like that. But I understand it, but... I don't know, this kid seems like he actually, I mean, if there's physical messages out there and physical photos showing that, um, I mean, you can't really refute photos uh, if they actually exist. I don't really know what the defense would be in that, in my opinion, but, I mean, you watched this show, though, did you, this kid always seemed like a cool little kid, Just, but you never know with people, everybody's got weird little sexual hang-ups, everybody's got things they, they, they like that other people might not like. Yeah, what is usual fantasies. Yeah, but I mean, you, you can't be a celebrity or anybody and be sending things to a 13, 14-year-old. Um, even if you did know them for their entire life and they seem like more adult to you, that's just not how it works. So, well, that's so Raven. Oh, mm, having some issues. All right, well, Leo, thanks for thought, thanks for joining I, 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 me. Oh, go ahead if you want to keep going. I, 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 I'll let you run if you oh, want to run, but you can stay on as long as you like. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say that. I thought that they were going to bring that show back. Yeah, I thought they were going to do a reboot, actually, um, with her now as an adult. Because, uh, you know, I mean, she's, she's a lesbian, right? Yes. And uh, I think well, she has, life, yes, like, a, girl, a girlfriend. Oh, no, no, not in the show. Yeah. She's like, I think no, she's no, like, no, she might no, be no. married. Like, she was on one of those talk shows for a while. Like, not The View, but one of the other ones. I thought it was The View. Ever, uh... Well... Whatever, it was like The Talk or something like that. I don't know. But, all right, well, oh, Leo. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, thanks for hopping oh. on. Thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. Um... If you want to say any last words, go ahead, and then I'll let you go. Well, anybody that wants to come to Puerto Rico, just let me know, and I can give you some tips to what to do and where to go, and just hit me up anytime. All right, for sure, Leo. I appreciate it. Well, that's Leo in Puerto Rico. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another break, and then uh, just feel free to hang up during the break, and I'll hit you up a little later today, and we can chat some more if you want, all right? Yeah, of course. All right. Later, man. I'll see you shortly. All right. That was Leo from Puerto Rico, and this is the Doctor Whoever Project. We'll be right back. Blowing minds from coast to coast. The doctor is in. Here, anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. Get the facts and judge for yourself at doctorwhoever.com. 
This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Thanks for hanging out with me on this Tuesday, July 6th, 2021. Had a nice chat with Leo. I hadn't talked to him in a while, so that was good to see what's going on with him down in Puerto Rico. Had a little fun talking about e-cigs and that crazy kid from That's So Raven. It's been a short one today, but I think it was successful nonetheless. Uh, if you enjoyed it, hey, give us a follow. If not, hey, who cares about you anyway? the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. You're back with Doctor Whoever. Thanks, Leo, for joining us on that little Puerto Rico version of the Doctor Whoever Project. It's always great to hear what he's doing out there in the PR. Uh, Back here, we have some uh, other interesting news that all happened this week. We had Derek Chauvin get convicted of 22.5 years, I believe. Britney Spears says, free me, let me go. These people are treating me like a puppet, basically. Might as well be like that South Park or Family Guy episode, whatever it was, where it was like basically a blow-up doll up there, corpse, and she was being manipulated. Interesting how they see things like that and are able to put it out there in a creative way and you look back now and you're like, damn, they're kind of predicting what's really going on. Um, Then you had... Uh, the uh, Trump, like the whole thing with Trump getting indicted, it's just been like a really crazy legal legal week. Uh, I think there were some other things that popped in as well. What else has like happened this week? Let's see. Oh, let's see. Yeah, Cosby, Brittany, Trump, and Chauvin, all like in one week, kind of kind of going down. Uh, Let's hear a little bit about Bill Cosby coming home. Let's see what Bill Cosby has to say as he, like, I see him throwing up a peace sign on the news. What's, what's going on with all that? Mr. Cosby, how you doing? Now a free man, Bill Cosby didn't stay long at his Pennsylvania home, leaving today to reunite with his wife. He was spending the next months with her. They haven't seen each other in almost three years. According to his spokesperson, Andrew Wyatt, Cosby knew the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision was coming, but didn't know when. Prison guards told him he was free at noon yesterday, unlocking the cell and opening the door. According to Wyatt, there were cheers from the other inmates. Bill Cosby came back home. Wyatt says they stayed up until 2 in the morning. 83-year-old telling him he didn't want to go to bed. He was afraid all of this... It was just a bad dream. The Philadelphia Supreme Court threw out the conviction, saying Cosby's due process rights were violated when he was charged with sexually assaulting and drugging Andrea Constant. The alleged incident took place in 2004, but the district attorney at the time, Bruce Castor, decided there wasn't enough evidence to bring charges, compelling Cosby to give a deposition in Constant's civil case. I can sit there, do nothing, and hope the case gets better, like get a confession, uh, or I can try to find another way, another solution, and I chose that to find another way. But Cosby's deposition was then used to charge him a decade later. The court says the DA's office broke a promise not to prosecute. Yes. 
So here's the main deal with this. Everybody's freaking out. They don't understand how Bill Cosby's free, that sexual predator monster, spreading his jello all over people and licking it off. Hopefully he doesn't use chocolate pudding. Maybe it's strawberry. He looks like he's a grape kind of guy. I feel like he would go for grape jello. Um, just, you know, maybe a disco biscuit or two in somebody's jello. Eh. I mean, was that the thing they did back in the 70s? Was it, is this that odd? Did these, were these people really not taking these things willingly? Was it, um, was it drugging or was it, hey, I got this fun little drug? Who hasn't been at a party at college and somebody's like, hey, uh, you ever tried a muscle relaxer? I got a Klonopin. I mean, who hasn't done that? I mean, I, I have. I think a lot of people probably have. Um, but to come out years and years later saying he was drugged and maybe you maybe you went home that, that night, you felt a little dirty about yourself, you woke up the next day, felt ashamed, went to church that Sunday. There was some kind of a preacher ceremony or whatever they get up there and do about, you know, guilt or sexual immorality. And you felt gross, so... You've been holding, you held that in for, for years. Then Me Too comes around and you're like, damn, yeah, that is me. That was Me Too. I was that, that was me. He took advantage of me. I didn't take that. I didn't really want to take that. He, he was this powerful guy giving me a drug and I took it, but I didn't really want to take it. I kind of had to take it because it was Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby gave me the drug. I just don't know if that's really I don't know if that's just really a defense for, for something like that, in my opinion. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The, the, the rules in this situation say he was given a deal, whether it was in writing or not, I don't know. And they came back and said, nah, we're not going to hold up that year 10 years ago, that deal 10 years ago. We're, we're gonna do something completely new and we're gonna just prosecute you anyway, criminally, even though we said, if you do this civil agreement where you admit to what you did, we'll let it go, that'll be that. But that wasn't that. Um, do I think everything worked out right? He spent three years in prison. Um, he's a national disgrace. He's an embarrassment. He's an old man, and he's going to live the rest of his life kind of in this shadow of mystery and what did Bill Cosby do or not do. Uh, let's hear a little bit more about the actual story from the reporters because this is Fox News. I like to get every perspective. Uh, this is Fox News actually being reported on NBC News on the Dr. Grabber Project. Let's get back to the story. Yes, I intended that to bind my successors uh, in perpetuity. Cosby's legal team calling it justice, but many of the dozens of women who have made a range of allegations against Cosby, from groping to sexual assault to rape, are angry. For me, he has paid a very small, minute portion of consequences for his actions. And no matter what technicality he gets off on, he's still guilty. Under the law, his record is wiped clean. He can't be retried. But for a man who was once known as America's dad, some damage can't be undone. Stephanie, joining me here in the studio, what is next for Cosby? 
Well, Lester, there is still a pending lawsuit that was being held until the Pennsylvania Supreme Court made the decision it announced yesterday. But his spokesperson said he's making plans, including a documentary. And he says Cosby was on the phone this morning with comedy club owners. I would totally go see Bill Cosby if he if he did a show uh, here in Vegas. I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way to see it, probably, but I, I, w- I would give it a little a shot. I think it could be interesting just to just to see how the crowd reacts to let's see what people think of him nowadays. Is he going to get? Is he going to be supported or is he going to be? I don't know. We'll see. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. We're going to take a quick little break, and we're going to be back with, oh, something else. Hang out. You'll find out. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. Bill Cosby uh, wasn't the only one that had some legal craziness go on this past uh, week or two. Um, we all know Britney Spears, you couldn't really get away from that. She was all over the news, saying she was held against her will. Um, just these, these things that I never, really, I never really heard of before until, until it just kind of came out uh, a couple of days ago. And I'm trying to find a Britney Spears song right now. If I'm being completely honest, I wasn't prepared for this, but it just flows so well into um, just flows so well into the story with Cosby. I feel like and Chauvin, and even the Trump Organization. All these like kind of crazy legal matters popping up all at one time shows us the drastic need for a legal system that works for everyone and holds up the promises it makes. Um, in the case of Britney Spears, uh, she claims she is in a conservatorship that is abusive and where she doesn't have any rights and she's completely fine. Um, in the Bill Cosby situation, he was promised a deal. They kind of came back on the deal. Uh, Derek Chauvin, we went through a whole American worldwide virtual case where anybody could stream it, watch it, comment on it, post on it. Um, I'd say that's the biggest legal case we've had of our time. And then moving into the Trump org and what all goes along with that. When you're trying to make deals with people, prosecutors trying to make these deals with people, like, for example, in the Trump organization, um, if they're trying to make a deal with Alan Weiselberg, you can't have Bill Cosby over here in Pennsylvania getting a deal and then them being like, eh, nah. No, no, no. We're not going to hold up that deal anymore. No, you can't do that because who's ever going to make a deal anymore? I thought it was so crazy that um, they released Cosby the day before they indicted Alan Weisselberg from the Trump organization who they're trying to get to make a deal. So they fixed a deal with Cosby, made it all right, released him, showed the whole world. On then the next day, they have Alan Weisselberg in uh, in handcuffs. Well, who knows? All right, we're gonna come back and we're gonna actually talk about uh, some Britney news. I want to get into that. I didn't really follow it too much. I think she's cool, but 
I don't feel terribly bad for her, but maybe if I knew a little bit more about it, I would. This is Doctor Who Ever Project. Keep it on. Don't forget to take your meds. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. New episodes weekly at DoctorWhoever.com. So Brittany's like the biggest thing right now. Uh, this would be the perfect time for her to make a comeback because she uh, was ready. There's people going through parades with free Britney signs, making documentaries. She's like on top of the world again. Let's see what we got going on here. Hold on. Unfortunately, we got a little little hiccup. A little little hiccup going on here somewhere. So let's see if we can fix. This little hiccup. Alright, we're gonna have to come right back. Hey, you over there, don't pick at it. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by. Going on this thing. Alright, so what do you want me to do over here? You want me to click this microphone? Do you want to use? No. Alright. We can edit out that later if we really have to, but just got you a little freebie with the Britney Spears jam. All right, let's get back to the story. So people going through the streets, saying free Britney, documentaries, everything. Hashtag free Britney has been used more than 285 million times on TikTok. So why do people remain so invested in her story? Here are five possible reasons. Many believe Britney's being held against her will in something called a conservatorship or legal guardianship. A court gave her father strict control of her life following her public breakdown in 2007. The terms mean more than a decade later, all her personal and financial matters are still controlled by others, including her father. The courts apparently decided that the arrangement is in her best interests, but free Britney supporters call it an injustice. They claim the arrangement is exploiting, not helping her. Nobody knows for certain the details of the case except those involved, which is why so many people speculate. Britney has spoken publicly about the problems she faced when she was young because of her parents' marriage. They're relatable to many. Her father is reported to have drunk heavily and not got along with her mum. In 2002, she said it was a relief when they divorced. Her parents have since reconciled but not remarried. Many sympathise with Britney's childhood and identify with her experience. Supporters of Free Britney say she appears strong enough to be in the public eye and argue that she should be allowed to live her life free from control of others. Britney's story has similar themes to some other famous examples of people who have wanted to separate from their parents. Remember Claudia Conway? She's the daughter of Kellyanne Conway, who's Donald Trump's former spokeswoman, who took to Instagram to speak about her apparent problems and political differences with her mum. Britney Spears is one of the most famous performers in the history of pop music. It seems anyone who's ever played Put a Finger Down never puts a finger down when it comes to recognising a Britney tune. People love a celebrity drama. It's another reason why so many around the world are keeping Free Britney trending. Free Britney is just one in a long line of different legal actions by musicians. Remember calls of free Kesha, free Kesha in the dispute free that Kesha blew up now. between the singer and free her then-manager, Dr. Luke. Taylor Swift has made claims her music catalogue has been sold against her will with her fans rallying to her defence. Even Mariah Carey has spoken about allegedly feeling she was held captive by a former partner. So now you know why there's so much interest in hashtag Free Britney and why it keeps coming up on your feeds. For more videos like this, click and subscribe to BBC My World. So Britney... Free Britney, I guess. Let's, you know, let's see. Does she need to be freed? Um, I think the courts... I will be honest with you, I haven't been back to court in a long time because I don't think I was heard on any level when I came to court the last time. 
I brought four sheets of paper in my hands and wrote in length what I had been through the last four months before I came there. The people who did that to me should not be able to walk away so easily. I'll recap. I was on tour in 2018. I was forced to do. My management said, if I don't do this tour, I will have to oh, find an attorney. This, this there, this there. Um, I, did, I hate to interrupt you. So this was the intro when she actually started, when it when she came out and said, hey, you know, I'm being I'm being forced to do these things. These are not these are not my actual choices. My question would be, I mean. Uh, a lot of people don't want to go to work, but their job is like, hey, you have to go to this convention or you have to do this training that you don't want to go to. Um, I don't know, lots of things. Most things people have to do for work, they don't want to actually do, um, but we, we, we do them and we just see that as a necessary part of, 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 of life. Um, do I think that maybe she was forced to do more than she wanted to? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a possibility. Um, and I guess more should come out. And should she be in control of her, her life and how things work for her? I, I think that she probably should be. Um, and if there's plenty of crazy people walking around blowing their money. My mother is a little crazy. There's a lot of crazy people. I'm a little crazy. Who's not a little crazy nowadays? Um, does that mean that she should be forced to... Uh, write songs or perform or do a show if she doesn't if she doesn't want to i mean maybe if she has a contract yes but she's plenty making the money so it's hard to feel that bad for her um but we'll see i'm not the judge i'm not the jury and i'm not the biggest britney spears fan in the world so i'll leave that up to other people to decide but i do know about Derek chauvin and i do have an opinion on that Mr. Chauvin, would you join Mr. Nelson at the lectern? Uh, Mr. Chauvin, this is your opportunity if you wish to uh, give any input to the court. And so I turn it over to you and your attorney. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, at this time, due to some additional legal matters at hand, I'm not able to give a full formal statement at this time. Um, but very briefly though, I uh, do want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, there's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest. And uh, I hope things will give you some, some peace of mind. Thank you. And I'll note that I did read your comments in the pre-sentence investigation as well. I have to say, that was the weirdest thing when I heard that. It was like, some other things are going to be coming out, like, later on. Like, that was very, like, QAnon-ish. I just thought it was so strange. Like, why even say something if you're going to say that? It's like, oh, there's stuff you don't know about, and I know more than you, and we're going to find out that I was all right, and I was right all along, and you guys were wrong. I seriously uh, doubt that that will happen. Do I feel bad for this guy? I said it before and I'll say it again. I feel bad for Derek Chauvin. Not really for him, but I feel bad for what he's put his family through and he's gonna hold that guilt 
uh, for the rest of his life that his mother, his children, I assume he has children, um, are gonna always be known as those people associated with the man who killed George Floyd. In some parts of the country, they might be heroes, but I think that that's fewer and further between. And as they get older, as the kids get older, it's probably gonna be um, harder and harder to push that narrative of Derek Chauvin being this upstanding citizen. I believe there's something going on right now in litigation about him abusing or beating up a 14-year-old kid as well. Um, so we'll see what comes out with that. But either way, he was sentenced to 20-plus years. I think he has to serve two-thirds of that is what it, what it is. So he'll probably serve, you know, between 11 and 15 years is my estimate. And I say that is sufficient in my opinion. Um, I'm not a legal scholar, I'm not a black person, but if you go to jail for between 11 to 15 years for killing someone, and I'm going to say unintentionally, I do not think he meant to kill George Floyd, but I do think he meant and they meant as a whole to cover it up. And in my opinion, the, the biggest issue with the whole situation is the cover up. Not the fact that it actually happened. Things do happen, trainings go wrong, people don't follow their training, but to cover it up the way it, way it was, in my opinion, is more disgusting than the actual act itself. Let's see if there's any other uh, information on this short clip. A couple more seconds. All right, we are going to take a 15 minute recess so that I can complete the sentencing order based on what I've heard today. Derek Chauvin sentencing has happened. Uh, we're gonna hear a little bit from ABC News just about the sentencing and get some live reactions from people who heard it at that exact moment. that some people will be disappointed. But again, you have to remember, this is a police officer who was convicted of, uh, of killing a man, a black man in America. It doesn't happen very often. Um, the numbers are very small. Less than 2% are ever convicted. So I would imagine for a lot of people, there is still some satisfaction that there was actually accountability. Because at the end of the day, that is what you hear so often from people, that rarely, rarely is there accountability. And there certainly was in this case. Um, it certainly wasn't a slap on the wrist, as I I would imagine many people, you know, will, will definitely attest to. Uh, wasn't the maximum, but he certainly got a very hefty sentence for what we all witnessed, this traumatic killing of a man. And maybe for some people, maybe for some, it restores some faith that there can be justice. Still a lot of cases out there that haven't been decided, but there is justice, at least some measure of justice in this case. And I would imagine we're going to hear that from a number of people today. I want to go back to Alex Perez, who's been following this case from the beginning. He's there in Minneapolis outside the courtroom. Alex, you have spoken with the Floyd family on a number of occasions. Um, 
I don't know if not very much time has passed so far, but what do you make of the sentence 22 and a half years and, and what you expect their reaction would be? Well, Whit, I can tell you the family wanted the maximum sentence, and we all sort of knew going into this that the judge would probably land somewhere in the... Okay, let's understand. I'm sure they did want the maximum. Who wouldn't want the maximum penalty for someone who was taken away from their family, taken away from their child, their children, their uh, godchildren, I believe he had, their girlfriend, their family, their community, their church, their job, their drug dealer, whatever. People are people, regardless of these actions that they make the choices that they make, the gods they pray to, the people they have sex with, the color of their skin. And he is a person just like anyone and they are sorrowful. They want it back. And also they were in this giant fishbowl of everyone just watching them and wondering what they would do. And in the beginning it was very Kind of, I want to say, against George Floyd, there was a lot of pushback during the riots. And as those calmed down, I believe more calmer heads prevailed and facts will come out that give people validation for the reason to fight. And that's what people were doing. Uh, let's hear a little bit more from Alex Perez on ABC News Special Report. In the middle of that, the family says they did not want the minimum sentence, and they did not get that. But to them, ultimately, uh, this is about bringing justice for George Floyd and also making sure that his death was not in vain. I remember interviewing Terrence Floyd, and he said he will continue to talk about his brother every day until change happens here in America and across the world. And I think this sentence handed down by the judge today uh, shows that this was much more than just a slap in a on the wrist. 22 and a half years for this murder, which was captured on uh, on video there with. So uh, the family, I'm sure, is uh, receiving this with mixed emotions right now. But I can tell you just in talking to people on the streets over the last year, they wanted to see this through from the very beginning, from the first time they saw that video up into this point, the sentencing. And many people are already now starting to talk about the trial of the other three officers, former officers, which will happen next year. So in my opinion, that's where we're going to find even more granular details of this case. Uh, we're going to know who decided to cover it up, who decided to put this in the report, who was telling who to do what. Derek Chauvin supposedly was in charge. So I, I believe one of the other officers was during training, uh, was having training during that time. Um, the other ones were uh, supposedly younger than Chauvin. He was the senior officer. So I'd love to know more about the actual verbiage between the two, uh, what was being said, what protocols were being looked at. Was, was the, this taken up the chain of command to find out more information about what the appropriate actions should be? Or was the, or were these just random impromptu decisions that happened at the time and kind of the heat of the moments? Because it wasn't just a quick, quick thing. This, this went on and occurred for a long period of time. My, my analyst of this is that Derek Chauvin got roped up in what he was doing, didn't want to back down, wanted to be the strong white man police officer, 
and say, hey, no, just because you're telling me I should not be doing this with your little phone camera, um, I'm going to keep doing it anyway to prove a point, and probably went on even longer than he should have uh, because he was trying to, you know, basically prove a point that I can hold this black guy down and nobody can do a goddamn thing about it. But now we all see what, what happened with that, and that is no more a that is no more a responsible practice than pulling out a gun and shooting someone. In my opinion, um, these things are going to have massive impacts on the legal and policing system in our country, and definitely change the way police officers are trained, the duration of their training the follow-up on the trainings and reportings. There all need to be major changes in those different aspects of policing so that the public can know what is happening almost in real time, and that's what people want nowadays. All right, let's go back, hear a little bit more. Derek Chauvin sentenced to 22.5 years, former officer of the Minneapolis police, sentenced for the murder of George Floyd. Uh, th this is one step in, in, in a bigger step process, um, but in talking to people in the street uh, with uh, protesters who, of all backgrounds, who have come together, because you have to remember this case, uh, despite uh, the sentencing today, has already changed America in many, many ways. People of all backgrounds have come together for a common cause, and we've seen that across the country over the last year and one month. And so uh, seeing this sentence, recognizing that what this police officer did was wrong, and sentencing him to 22 and a half years. This is what a lot of people have been asking for. Just uh, this recognition that police officers do not always do the right thing and that black people, particularly here in America, often, often have to deal uh, with situations like this and are not, the justice does not come to them the way it does to other groups. Now, we also heard uh, the judge in court talk about there how his decision was not based on public opinion, but we all know how the criminal justice system here works in America. It's not just uh, to punish those who violate the law, but it's also about deterrence, to make sure things like this don't happen again, or if, if it's going to happen again, we know that you will be punished for it. And I think we're seeing that in the courtroom here, the judge spending a lot of time talking, recognizing this moment here in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, but really across the country. Everyone was impacted by this, and the judge wanted to make sure that everyone heard that with. All right, Alex Perez for us. Thank you so much. Hi, Hi. everyone. George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News. They always get me on that. Oh, God, George Stephanopoulos. I will subscribe. Jeez, get off me. All right, so you heard it. Derek Chauvin sentenced 22.5 years. People are happy. People are sad. There's all kinds of feelings about that. You have your feelings. I have mine. Everybody has their own. And, and that's okay. That's, uh, that's what we do here in America, or what we used to do. Uh, we used to just do our own thing and have our own opinions and not jump down everybody's throats because uh, of that. But what, what, what's happened to us now? We've gotten to this point where we can't even let people do their own things and be their own people anymore because we're just so concerned about what everybody else is doing other than just kind of eh, worrying about ourselves. Um, you know who else is in some trouble right now? Obviously Trump. We all knew this was going to happen. 
Um, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna talk about this because it's, it's, it's crazy, it's interesting. I find it so fascinating. The things that come out of this man and the people in his family's mouths are just so, so crazy. It's, I, I just find it so fascinating. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna be right back and we're gonna get into it. I don't wanna go too deep into it, so I'm gonna really just play some videos and commentate on them, my, what I think my opinion is. Some things that I haven't even seen yet. There's a Washington Post um, article, looks like they came out about five hours ago. So let's, uh, let's get into that. See what's going on in Trump land. I really think there's gonna be some bombshells. I think there already have been some bombshells, but I think there's gonna be more bombshells that come out and we might, it might finally be for Donald Trump and this whole re-election dream will just, you know, poof away. And that's what it probably needs to do anyway. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. We'll be right back. Since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Since you're, no, Mr. President-elect. Go ahead. Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news organization, not, can you give us a chance? You're, you're, you're attacking an, our news organization. Can you give us a chance to ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can you state, Mr. President-elect, can you state categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Can you give us a question? Can you can you state can you state categorically, sir? Can you state categorically that nobody? No, Mr. President-elect, that's not appropriate. All right, so let's talk about Donald Trump. What's going on in the Donald Trump kind of world right now? Um, I found this article for the Washington Post. I want to give it a little give it a little play. See if they can uh, shed any light on the indictment. What's going on in Trump world? If there's any new things to pop up that we should be expecting or just to find out what we've missed this week because it has been a crazy news week. It's just constant. Like every day there are multiple things. You almost cannot keep track of how much how much is going on nowadays just because it's just it's literally just constant constant news. Everything from pulling out of Afghanistan to tropical storms coming in Florida to a building falling down to a bridge falling down to Bill Cosby getting out to Britney Spears wanting freedom to Derek Chauvin being sentenced. Oh, it's just crazy. But breaking news. Breaking news, Justin. Feel free to turn your head and cough. You used an apartment because you need an apartment because you have to travel too far where your house is and didn't pay tax or education for your grandchildren. I don't even know. Do you have to? But does anybody know the answer to that stuff? Yes, people do know the answer to that stuff. Um, it is you have to pay taxes on them. <laughs> like, okay, so when I work for a company and they give me an expense card, I use that expense card to buy things for, the, for work, for things that I need. If I work for a company and they don't have an expense card, I use my personal money and I'll expense things to them. Those expenses I incur are not taxed because they're things I needed for work, so I don't have to pay taxes on them. That is completely different than perks. A perk would be a company car, a company apartment. These are things that everyday people do not have. <laughs> and 
these these clips are just so unrelatable to everyday people. Um, these things that he was saying, like, who doesn't have this? Who doesn't have a corporate car? Um, his son, Eric Trump, was on saying recently, who doesn't have a corporate driver and a corporate car that drives them around? Um, you can see in the background at this rally, these people are, these people are having nothing uh, to... They, they're like, what? Huh? I just... They, they, they just, it's almost like they just sit there and they wait for him to say his few little things, like that stupid snake poem he does and whatever the other nonsense that he does. It's like they're just kind of waiting for the hits. It's like a concert. This is all like the new stuff. This is, this is his new material he's working on, and they're, but they're waiting for the big hits to show up. Let's see what else uh, they have to say. I spend millions of dollars a year for lawyers and for accountants to do my taxes. I mean, they do a great job. Nobody knows the tax code better than I do, okay? I know it better. I'm the king of the tax code. I know more formulas. I know more about tax abatements. I know more about taxes than any human being that God ever created. I knew how to use the tax code to rebuild my company when others didn't have a clue. Some of them come to see me today and they say, Man, I wish I saw you, Donald. I know how the tax code works better than anyone, and I'm going to fix it so it's fair and just. Did you use that $960 million loss to avoid paying personal federal income taxes? Of course I do. Of course I do. See, I understand the tax code better than anybody that's ever run for president. Hillary Clinton, and it's extremely complex. So he, he he's like, oh, I know all this tax code. I'm a genius. I am a tax genius i know what i'm doing i'm gonna not pay any taxes bro who pays taxes that's that's nonsense like why would you, why would you pay taxes just you know say this is worth eight million dollars but oh now it's worth seven million. Oh, i'm just gonna give you this apartment oh here have this car and drive it instead of oh that fifty thousand dollar bonus how about a new corvette you know this is just craziness um and he is living in a dream if he thinks people are going to uh, really buy buy this kind of nonsense that he's he's putting out there. But hey, whatever. Um, th these things are these things are just going to put him in more trouble. Uh, they're going to have more issues. Anything you say or anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. So uh, uh, let's definitely remember that. Apparently, uh, Trump's throwing everybody under the bus, and I did find a clip with uh, Trump, it's entitled, Trump's Big Mouth Will Send Him to Prison. It's four minutes, but I haven't seen it, and I really want to give it a watch, so bear with me if you want. If not, it's been great having you on the Doctor Whoever Project. Check it out. We talk about all kinds of stuff. It doesn't always end up about Trump and politics, but there's just so much going on, I, I, uh, I, can't, I can't really keep it out of the system anymore so so if you're out okay bye bye but if not get ready for the countdown <laughs> 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 0 they're admitting live on tv that the thing that's gonna send Donald Trump to prison is his big fat mouth. That when he has these rallies, he admits to his crimes, and that's going to make work really hard for his lawyers. Check this out. Do you think they would change their minds if the former president were to get into further legal trouble? 
The people at those rallies? Absolutely not. They'd probably, you know, send him lots of files to get out of jail. Um, he, <laughs> he has those people. But what he doesn't have is, I mean, I appreciate what Don's saying right now where the president, former president is, but time will continue to wear away at Donald Trump. These legal problems may also force him to eventually have to stop these rallies because the more he opens up his mouth, the more incriminating he, he the more often he incriminates himself. For example, last night, Lindsay, he said, "Oh, it's just about fringe benefits." Did you notice he didn't say, "Oh, their 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 lawsuit, their their charges against my company are false." Mm -hmm. He just didn't like what he was being charged with. So we'll see. And so that's Del Percio. She is a... Right, so I didn't know this was like a YouTube guy doing like a, a summary of what's going on. He's taking over my job. I don't like to uh, use other people's content, so I'll give him a... Uh, I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name. Turisto Alavillas. So uh, uh, he seems he seems like he has a lot of Trump things going on, but... Uh, his clips, his clips are pretty good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him down just so I can pull up the the news clips that he has. But basically, what he's saying is what all the other news people are saying. This is no brain surgery, people. We're not curing cancer here. Um, we're just looking at the material, the documents, and what other experts are saying, taking that information, processing it, and pulling out some kind of common sense. What Donald Trump tries to do and his uh, cronies is go around and do the opposite. Try to make you think that common sense is no longer that common sense. That you think this and you're, you're wrong because you think, hey, maybe he should have been paying taxes. Maybe Donald Trump should be paying more taxes than I pay as a mechanic or a nurse or a dentist or a maid or a marketing executive or insurance salesperson. Like, those are all jobs where you get a salary. Donald Trump seems to be like, he wants to, he wants to have an organization where he pays people salaries, but also work in this kind of like independent contractor arena where it's like, oh, you kind of just like my private servant. You're like contracted to work for me. Like, so I give you, I pay you, but oh, if you do this little project for me, oh, you'll get a, maybe you'll get a car or, oh, your kids can go to school for free for five years if you take care of this or there's lots of winks and nods and shadiness going on, uh, in my opinion, from all the, from all the different elements of, of things that I've seen. Um, let's move over to one of my favorite people, uh, Rachel. Rachel's always good at this. Let's see if she can explain in an easy way a little bit more about Trump org CFO Alan Wesselberg accused of avoiding taxes on nearly $1.7 million in perks. Um, it always makes me think of like that, what's that Christmas movie where there's like that bad guy and there's like a, he's like a, it sounds like Weisselberg or something like that. Uh, Hmm. He's like the Weisselberg. He's like the villain. Oh, I can't think of what he was, what that was. If anybody knows what that is, you know, give me a little comment. But all right, let's go back to Rachel. She's gonna explain to us MSNBC Trump org CFO Alan Weisselberg accused of avoiding taxes on 1.7 million dollars in perks. 
seem to have Trump's company pay for personal stuff for Trump Organization executives as described in the indictment as a scheme. So not only do those executives not have to pay for those things out of pocket, they would thereby dodge taxes on that, both from the company side and the employee side. Right? The indictment says that that scheme was not limited to Alan Weisselberg and his family members who are compensated in that way. They describe uh, other people who work for the Trump Organization who benefited from this allegedly illegal tax evasion scheme. Similarly, the indictment says there were other Trump Organization executives who worked for the company, but they were regularly paid in ways that were designed to disguise their payment from tax authorities. Okay, let's unpack. They have found evidence, documentation. This is all, by the way, documents. There's nobody even talking yet, as far as we know. They've already found documents proving this Alan Weisselberg and possibly his children were getting these benefits. There was two separate spreadsheets. There was a spreadsheet showing his payment and then another spreadsheet showing, oh, okay, these are all the perks you get. And I guess they would like subtract. So, okay, all right, so you get paid, let's calculate. So you get paid $250,000. You get paid $250,000 for your salary. But okay, so your children in school, so you have two kids at, let's say, $5,000 a semester. So that's $10,000 a semester. So what's a semester is is half a year. So that's $20,000 for a full year for two kids, $5,000 each. So let's subtract that. $20,000. So now we're paying you $30,000. Two hundred and thirty thousand dollars in salary because you've already gotten that money. See how simple this is, people. This is really not brain surgery. Um, what it is more is a form of stupidity for someone that is probably going to eventually go down as one of the most hated people of all time in the world. You know, right beside Hitler, um, the Trumpinator will be. People are coming after you. You know, people are coming after you. Um, To do things like that just shows the great need to prove that you cannot be held accountable, that nothing you do will ever come back to you. And that's how Trump has always lived. Maybe he'll be able to do that, and maybe he will get away with all this. Maybe he won't. But what I'm pretty sure about is if he does try to run for president again, it's not going to go very well. All right, let's go back. Let's hear a little bit more about this. So what they found out, payments being done to Alan Wasselberg in the form of cars, houses, apartments, tuition, things like that. Also, it seems like there is evidence of payments to other people that are not yet named, but named like person number one, person number two, executive one, executive two, things of that nature. Um, What that does is that shows that there are other people they're identifying and they have identified, they are just not yet named. All right, let's go back to the clip, see a little bit more, little bit more about what's being said um, on this whole case from MSNBC. They were regularly paid in ways to make it look like they weren't getting compensated as Trump Organization employees, they were getting paid as consultants or something. It has important tax consequences, both for the company and for the executive getting paid that way. 
That's all spelled out in the indictment. It's spelled out in the indictment as a further part of the scheme to defraud. No other executives behind, besides Alan Weiselberg is described as the beneficiaries of that fraud, but it is explicitly spelled out that he wasn't the only one who benefited from that kind of a scheme. I will also tell you that is exactly the kind of scheme described by New York Times reporters in September in their Pulitzer Prize-winning expose of Trump's financial adventures. They specifically described a scheme like that, a scheme like the one outlined in today's indictment, as it related to Ivanka Trump, the president's daughter. Okay, so this is the first I've heard of this. Uh, New York Times, I guess, what they've already discovered and what they anticipated. If he's doing this with this guy, who's not even part of the family, what's he doing with people that are uh, part of the family? I even know personally some small family businesses where they'll get their kid a car when they turn 16 and buy the car through the family business so it's cheaper to insure and less liability. Um, and they'll just say that the child is works in the office or something and maybe they'll show up here and there. Uh, is that against the law? Is there a gray zone kind of thing there? Could there be legalities uh, if that were ever to come out? Yes, could. But as a small little everyday person, people don't really care. Uh, as Donald Trump, people care. They want to come after you. They hate you. They want to ruin you because you have basically turned our country into this idiocracy of dummies that think that they should be in charge. And we've already seen what happens when dumb people are placed in positions of power in our country. And we were a laughingstock, but we became better since then. But as we prove, Ivanka Trump, Jared, Don Jr., Eric, that stupid Tiffany girl, and the Trumpinator, and all the other executives that go along with it were dirty, all that does is take the family down even more notches to prevent them from gaining power again and trying to ruin this country more than they already have. Let's get back to the clip. The Times described in d detail financial records they discovered that showed Ivanka Trump being paid both as an employee of the Trump Organization and as a consultant to the Trump Organization in a way that seemed custom designed to try to evade taxes both for the company and for her. That is the executive scheme described at the end of the indictment. Prosecutors say that Weisselberg benefited from such a scheme and that other executives did too. They are not named in this indictment. But that is the Ivanka scheme described last fall in the New York Times. And like I said, apparently there's more to come from this investigation. We've got much more on that in a second. One of the things that caught my eye is your reporting from last fall. Um, about a, a scheme that you uncovered, basically, by comparing different financial documents, um, which showed that the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump, was paid as a consultant in a way that seemed designed to avoid paying taxes on some of her income, a way that would have been advantageous both to her and also to the Trump organization. So what this is is what I was referring to with the contract. Um, so she's getting paid a salary, but she's also getting paid this mysterious uh, contractor fee as a consultant on um, like a 1099 or something like that where she would just report taxes uh, on her own. But as a contractor, you can 
right off a car, right off a home office, things like this. But if she's also working for the organization, but you're also a consultant, it does seem a little fishy to me. I wondered if you saw any reflections of that scheme that you described, particularly in those later parts of the indictment where they described ongoing schemes involving multiple executives um, around the way their, their compensation was, was described to authorities. You know, it, it sure did feel of a piece to me what we saw um, when we were doing our work with the payments, um, some of which um, went to Ivanka Trump. You know, you're seeing money that's coming out and being allocated. Um, you know, Alan Weiselberg had some of that through through a certain payment. And with, with Ivanka Trump, what we saw, and, it, and it's, others are involved as well, there was $26 million that we found um, in consulting fees that were being paid from entities that Donald Trump controls outward. We couldn't see who they were who they were going to, but we saw them going out and it was like, wow, when we saw it, we were like, where were these going? And then what we found as we went along was we were comparing the taxes to other documents. We had uh, public documents and other documents. And we saw some of it actually went to a company that is controlled by um, is, uh, Ivanka Trump is an officer of and then paid out to Ivanka Trump. And why that was a red flag is because she's got, um, she's an officer of the Trump organization and has, she's paid more than $2 million and she's also getting consulting fees. And that's sort of something that right away should be, you know, the IRS would be looking at it and saying, okay, hey, that's they're, they're basically what I just to, said. These sort of payments should be ordinary and necessary. And the, you have to question why somebody who's making $2 million at the Trump organization is also getting consulting fees. So you're sort of like, what's... So, yes, as I, I haven't even seen this clip. This is a new one. I mean, like, this is everyday things that just make sense to me. Um, yeah, why are you being paid an extra fee when you're already being paid to work for the company? So you're also in a consultant for the company you already work for as an employee? I mean, come on now, people. I mean, it's like, I feel like it shouldn't take a brain surgeon to um, be able to understand that there's something something fishy going on there. And I mean, hey, if you're okay with that and you're okay with all these people uh, sliding by, getting more and more money, not putting anything into the system to help out the people that are on the lower end of the spectrum, guess who's helping out those people? You are, your family, your kids. Something people forget to understand is there's a, there's a reason why we, we say average. You know, people are average. You got your A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's in school. C is average. So if, if you have an average, you have to have people below you, and you have to have people above you. So if all these people on the, on the top end aren't paying anything at all to support the people on the bottom, that means everybody in the middle is gonna have to take that all up and help support the people in the middle and that's what your tax dollars are going for. I mean, come on now, this is ridiculous, common sense. What's going on and, and what you know we in our reporting suspected and we reported about was that this was an attempt by Donald Trump to reduce his taxable income and to transfer money to his kids. That may also have had the effect of reducing um, or of him voiding the uh, a gift tax to them. So it's, it's a way to transfer wealth potentially from one generation to another. We didn't have access to other people's um, tax information to see if potentially Eric Trump was getting some of these payments, if Donald Trump Jr. was getting some of these payments, but they are also a member uh, and, and are part of that company that was getting the money that went to Ivanka.
And, and briefly to that point, the kinds of documents that would show that, if that's the case, is it your understanding uh, from what we can see publicly about this court case that those are the kinds of documents that the prosecutors have? I think I can't imagine that they don't have them by now. And, and the, uh, the New York Attorney General had gone after the information from the company that received those payments called TTT, um, you know, for Trump, Trump, Trump. So um, <laughs> they, they've got those records. And I, I don't know how much other, further they've gotten, if they've gotten um, tax returns of other members of the Trump family. That That's giggle real, from Rachel was, was, was enough. I mean, you heard it right here. There's a... Uh, it's a nightmare right now, right now for Trump world. Um, if, if you're a member of that family or organization, you're probably really, really, really worried right now. Uh, how that's going to, how that's going to affect you, your family, your job, everything that uh, comes on, comes along with being part of that family and being part of like this real estate financial system in in the world. Um, and I guarantee you, some of these banks are gonna be like, "Hey, we want our money back, bro. Like, you're 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 indicted. You have all these issues. Um, you owe us millions of dollars. These banks are gonna be knocking on Donald Trump's door, saying they they want uh, they want a refund or to just be paid back. And by refund, I mean like paid back. Like we want it all right now, like up front. Um, I don't know." We'll see what goes on with that, but it just it does seem to be a little bit of of a chaos. Like, how do you even how how do you even come back from that and pretend like you were in the right when you're out on these campaign tours, whatever you call them? Show they basically like it might as well be like a wrestling WWE or something. That's what these rallies look like. Uh, but hey. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about something a little bit more fun. Let's talk about something a little bit more Vegas style about uh, the grand opening of Resorts World Las Vegas. We're going to get back uh, to that here in just a second. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. That's right. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. It is July 6th, 2021. And I just got back from a nice little stay at Resorts World Las Vegas recently. Uh, I have to say it was really nice. The pool was amazing. Not very crowded. Cocktail waitresses to galore. They had, they'd have some issues with the credit card machines. They couldn't get the machines to work, so um, everything was like room charge, which is basically fine anyway, because it goes directly to the credit card regardless. So, um, but we, we snuck some drinks into the pool, had no problem. We, we were staying at the hotel, but we just kind of walked right into the pool, no issue at all. Plenty of seats, uh, beautiful landscaping, decking to sit on everywhere, restaurants. Concert venues, you can tell, are going to be going on near the pool. Just so nice. Giant hot tub, circular pool, no swim-up bar, I have to say. Maybe maybe there'll be a swim-up bar later on they're going to add, but I didn't see that yet. I, I think there is some other areas that aren't open, but it was it was really nice. I was very, I was very pleased and surprised by what I saw at Resort, Resorts World. It's a, uh, it's a giant building 
by Hildson, actually. Miley Cyrus was the open performer for um, the New Year's, not New Year's, the 4th of July celebration. Let's see what this guy's got to say about Resorts World. He see, it looks like he was there for the grand opening. It's right, it's right on the strip in that kind of area across from the wind, both the, the wind buildings to the left of Circus Circus. Um, there's kind of an area where there wasn't much going on before, but there is now. Resort, resorts, it is with an S, Resorts World is open, and it looks pretty freaking nice. There's like an Asian theme, there's a lot of red lighting involved. So it is, it's like three hotels in one. Um, the Asian theme, if they have like some of the dragons around, the little Buddhas, but I'd say the Asian theme is more subdued. It's not so in your face um, as you might think of like as an Asian restaurant or something like that. Uh, there's, it's it's fine, finely decorated in a in a way that makes you understand the, the architecture and the Asian theme without just kind of having to be so right up there in your face. I'd like to see someone actually do a little walkthrough and a tour, but um, not not really finding anything good right now. Let's see what we got. So they have this giant sphere in one of the shopping centers that has all these cool LED lights on it, and you can see it from all different angles when you walk in. Uh, the rooms are pretty nice too. I have, uh, Nice comfy bed, giant windows. You can have either a strip view where you look over to see the mountains or a pool view. We actually had the strip view, um, which I kind of like. I like mountain view uh, to be able to see that. We were out at the pool all day, so it was nice to kind of be able to have a, a different view from a different aspect of it. Um, my biggest surprise so far was how uncrowded it was, even down in 4th of July. Uh, we were down on 4th of July, also not a resort world, but just walking around and it was it was surprising how few people were actually out and about looking at the fireworks and stuff. I mean, Vegas is open, but it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be as crowded as I really thought it might be this time of the year. But Resort World, it's nice. I, I definitely recommend it. If you're gonna go. Eh, just get one of the a normal room. You're not gonna be there at all in the room. Just kind of chill, sleep, take a shower, get dressed. Like that's really the only only time I'm ever in one of the rooms. I'm always out and about at the pool, walking around. Then you stumble back at you know two, three, four in the morning. Get ready for the next day. But that's that's Vegas. That's that's the, what, what you do. That's why you only come here for, uh, you know, about two days. All right, guys, believe it or not. Let's see what this guy's got to right, say. Guys, believe it or not, we finally made it inside Resorts World. I thought we almost, I thought we could have died out there. It's pretty scary out there. So this was the grand opening day. Uh, basically, there was a, a mob outside of the resorts world, but it looks like a happy mob. They're all just kind of chilling. 
They're trying to like get everybody in. It is like a sea of humanity. Don't worry, they are open 24 hours. I, I seriously doubt they'll uh, ever shut down again, like we uh, like we saw before. Yes, go in Resort World. It's always nice to see these new places open up. Um, everybody coming to Vegas now, being like happy and excited. Uh, this is from July 2nd, so it was only a couple days ago, earlier earlier this week. People are very right, excited. Guys, welcome back to the channel. This Joe come back and do another video. It's good to see everybody. And today, guys, we're taking a look at Resorts World. When you look up at the building, it's just so imposing. It's really nice. There's a giant LED screen on one side that is a TV, so it, it moves and shows things. It can play videos, but it also has this kind of movement to it with different colors and scenery throughout the day. And on the other side, they have some LEDs that are more active right, advertisement, like things like that. Huge sphere that's really reflective. You can see yourself reflected on it. It also has like LCD lights. It's pretty cool. That's the sphere that's in the common area around the shopping center. It. It's similar to the bean in Chicago. Taking a picture. So guys, where they let us in at, it's pretty interesting. Um, it's like a mall. We've got a mall vibe. A lot of shops. A lot of restaurants. But we have yet to see the casino yet. So I wonder if that's on another level. Keep walking, bro. It's or, far. I don't know. All right, guys. If you walk further down the mall area. You eventually get to the casino area. It's definitely a, a wall. Left. So when you're uh, when you're checking in, I think it's the players card desk here. People you gotta walk all the way cards. through this whole area to get to like the this lobby is the to first check wall in. You see when you walk in, and it is packed. It is packed to the gills, guys. Tina, you gonna get a drink at the bar? You just you just standing by the bar. They have a bar, it's called the Great Gatsby Bar. It's very nice, had a, had a nice little gimbal there. It's multi-level. You can see up there, there's also shops and restaurants up there as well. It is the first grand opening of a RPC casino like on a the Strip in about a decade. So many nice art piece, pieces to look at. Like a VW. This is one of my favorite pieces. They have a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> That was just squished into a friends. into a orb. It's about a like ten so foot by ten foot circle. I'm a Vegas travel girl on TikTok. Oh, okay, right on. Uh, Vegas travel girl on TikTok. Oh, what's this? All right, guys, we're gonna take a stroll through the casino. Check it out. Casino floor here. It is nice. Uh, I I told someone it kind of reminded oh, we got me. Some food right there looks good. It kind of reminded me of what heaven. You imagine heaven to look like when you watch movies and you see heaven. It's very white guys, and light. Guys, the casino is busy already, guys. It is packed. People are gambling. Oh, people be gambling, that's for sure. And smoking. 
I saw a guy do a line of coke off a machine at the MGM Grand the other day. Also. So there are some already some food options already, guys. I guess the rest of the restaurants are going to open tomorrow, hopefully. Everything is open now. The ATM machine. The ATM machines, yes. You always win at the ATM. Well, this guy's just kind of stro strolling around, looking at everything that I already saw. But it is a very beautiful, uh, beautiful facility. Everything about it is nice. The uh, the people that work there are great. I'm going to go to the end to see if he has like an actual opinion on it or anything. And then uh, we're going to close the show out for today. Doghouse Saloon is... Packed to the gills, guys. We did go to the Doghouse Saloon. It was pretty like nice. A bar. And they had live music. Yeah, like straight it was really nice. I definitely recommend coming to Vegas. If you've always wanted to come. How you doing? This is a great time to actually come to Vegas right now because it's not super crazy crowded. It is fucking hot as hell. So bring your sunscreen. But other than that. This guy's just like meeting up with all these other like YouTubers and TikTokers. Alright dude, straight out of Vegas, check him out. Straight out of Vegas on YouTube. Well that's all you need to know. A ton of hot girls there. Uh, that's my little review of Resorts World Las Vegas. I'll definitely be going back to check it out. Uh, sometime soon, I'm sure. Uh, as a resident, you can just kind of like hop down and go check out one of these pools if you want one day because it's like they don't really care. You just kind of learn how to go in. As long as you're buying a drink, not causing trouble, um, people don't really people don't really mind. You, you can even be like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm a local. If you show your local ID, sometimes they let you in for free. You get discounts, things like that. It's pretty cool. Um, we're gonna take a break. This is a Doctor Whoever project. We'll be right back. Yeah, Resort World's been pretty amazing uh, from what I got to see. I loved it. It was awesome. Had a great time. It was cheap. It was chill. That's what I like about Vegas. You could spend a million dollars, you could go out and spend $20 and have, a, have an amazing night either way. It's all about your mindset, what you want to do, what you're trying to get out of the night, what you, what you think is, uh, what you see is fun to you. Um, sometimes just chilling by the pool. Some people want to go out and gamble. You might want to see a show. You might just want to walk around and people watch. That's really my favorite thing. Just walking around, people watching, hanging out by the pool. Just checking things out, playing the penny slots here and there. I'm not much of a gambler, but I have gotten to where I really enjoy uh, blackjack lately. Like the blackjack and the uh, derby horse races. Those are like some of my uh, my favorite Vegas casino games now to play. Thanks for listening and checking us out. Um, this is the Doctor Whoever Project. We're going to come right back for our last segment and then go out and finish the rest of the week. 
Leave all the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. That's right, this is the Doctor Whoever Project. All right, this is the last segment before I'm gonna call it a day, get out of here, take the dog for a walk, you know, get my day started, and I'm sure you're gonna be out there getting your day started too. Uh, It's been a great week, all kinds of craziness in the news. Uh, If you missed anything this week, go back, listen. Um, We're gonna start doing a episode three, at least three days a week. Goal is to do three to five days a week of a podcast episode to create more of like a morning show kind of experience. Um, I did want to touch on the tragedy that uh, everyone has been been watching in in Florida um, with the building collapse. I know it's it's hard. It's it's rough. I don't even know how to start. Um, at the beginning, we were hopeful that you know people would people would be be found. It doesn't appear that that uh, is going to happen, unfortunately, for for so many people. Um, and then also, there's so many people that just will never see their photos again, their jewelry, the things that they those things that they like maybe hold dear to themselves as sentimental. Um, so I do want to just remember that that happened and people are going through all kinds of pain right now and there's there are those out there that are just watching this happen, uh, going through these same feelings and emotions along with those people that are there. And now that they've had to demolish the second building that didn't even, or the other part of the building that didn't even originally come down in the collapse, it's just more pain for people that were hoping that life would somehow get back to normal, but they've been pushed into this spotlight in the country with, you know, the first building collapse in recent memory, I, I, I think. Um, let's hear a little bit about, let's, let's go to CBS uh, News and just get a little reminder of what happened down there in Florida. And um, then we're going to just play one song and close it out for the day. and crumbled concrete that was once a dignified beachfront residence, there is also a search for answers. How did this happen? What tragic conditions might have brought this 40-year-old building crumbling to the ground? And could it have been prevented? Each day, the list of clues grows a little longer, but it will be many months before the investigations might yield any definitive answers. This just doesn't happen. You don't see buildings falling down in America. And it is really, really uh, traumatic to see uh, the collapse of, of a massive structure like that. The building, these huge buildings, gone. What we're talking about here was an unprecedented tragedy, an unprecedented crisis, and one that isn't comparable really anywhere in the U.S. The problem is the building has literally pancaked. It has gone down, and I mean, there's, there's just feet in between stories where there were 
10 feet. They were three-story buildings with most of the building guards. I have no idea why this would collapse in this manner. I have no idea. It's very, very rare. It's very unique. Have I ever seen a building collapse like this building collapse? No. In almost 40 years in the fire service, I have never seen a building collapse like this building collapsed. We have a 12-story, 136-unit uh, apartment complex that uh, had sustained a partial collapse. This is a type of the collapse that you don't see that on an everyday basis. There was a report that uh, heavy construction material was stored in the roof. Uh, there was a report that people were hearing noises, cracking, things like that. So all these factors need to be, structural engineers are going to be collecting all these pieces of information together with everything that is related to the history of this building. It could have been a number of things that alone wouldn't have caused the problem, but together with the trigger caused the problem. If you look at things like uh, when they were doing work on a roof, could that, could that possibly have caused anything? You begin to look at what is the strength of the concrete versus what it was supposed to be. You look at the design of the building, and then you look at hurricanes. It could have been 10 years ago, but that could have overstressed the material, and it was not as strong as it originally was. What we've been told by the Homeland Security folks who have been out, it, this does not look in any way, shape, or form to be a terrorist act. Which leads one thing, this is probably a structural issue, and from the engineers that I've been speaking to, they believe it's probably a subsurface issue. What's underneath the building? Is it stable ground? That's the structural bed of the overall building itself. The building is resting on the ground. What changes were The story in Florida and Surfside is so tragic, and we can only listen to people say so many times that this could have been avoided. It's a structural issue, and every, everyone that's living in some kind of a condo building right now, especially if it's on the coast, you have to be worried. I used to live in condo buildings for most of my life until very recently when I just was able to purchase a house. Um, I would be worried if I was living in a high-rise condo building uh, today. And I think these are serious things that need to be looked at, and they're going to be. Um, it's a perfect timing, unfortunately, when we have a whole government approach to looking at how we can create better infrastructure uh, for ourselves here in America. And I think that's, that's the key to, to what to what needs to happen to prevent things like this from happening again. Um, we can't just be having bridges and buildings collapse here in America anymore. It's just, it's just not, what we, um, not what we are used to, and it's not what we are able to, able to actually have. But we're working on it. Uh, we're getting there. Uh, let's see. I know they're working on this infrastructure bill. Let's see what uh, let's see what they've got to say about the infrastructure bill. And if there's any uh, key things in it that portray to 
pertain to uh, buildings, actually, or if this is, is this more roads and things like that? I don't really even know. Um, these are questions that I think people need to answer a little bit, a little bit more. Um, let's close out with a little, uh, with a little clip and see what, see what this is about infrastructure. My next guest says Democratic leaders, as we've just been discussing, can't afford not to provide state and local tax relief. And that the infrastructure deal is a political victory for President Biden, regardless of whether it actually gets signed into law. Let's welcome in Dan Clifton. He's head of policy research for Strategist Research Partners. Dan, how can it be a victory if it doesn't even happen? Yeah, well, the president got a big announcement on a bipartisan deal. He's going to storm the country for the next three weeks, starting in Wisconsin this week, talking about a bipartisan infrastructure deal. But this is a very shaky agreement that was reached, Kelly. What you see is that the pay-fors may not fully pay for the deal. You also have the Democratic leadership trying to link this to a reconciliation bill. There's a real chance that this agreement actually never makes it into law. But by the time we're done having that debate, it gives Senator Manchin and Sinema enough political cover to join the reconciliation process and to put those provisions in a Democratic-only tax bill, which there's widespread agreement for. Now, some So basically what they're saying is, hey, all this crap's happening. We need to take care of this shit that we've been putting on the back burner for years and years and decades now. So we want to do this. We want to do this deal with you, blue, red. We want to get all together, blend together, make everybody happy, come up with a plan that's good for everyone. That doesn't always work. So fine. Let's take the pieces of this plan that you like. Let's put them in this bucket over here. Close the bucket. Say fine. Deal. Let's do that deal. Done. Vote on it. Let's go. All these other little things over here that didn't fit in your bucket, we're gonna put in our own little bucket over here on this side. We're gonna like push that through in a different way uh, based on budget that can happen easier on the Democratic side. And that gives the Republicans freedom to say that they didn't stand by it in the first place and that this is something that Democrats just kind of ran with and, you know, went crazy spending trillions of dollars. So by bar, the bipartisan infrastructure deal, they're cool with roads, bridges, rails, broadband, EV infrastructure for electric vehicles. I don't see anything in here about buildings, but uh, maybe buildings is more of a county city thing where they are inspected. Um, maybe that needs to change. Maybe there needs to be some federal oversight uh, with these large-scale condo buildings that house hundreds of people and families. ...that was in this bipartisan infrastructure deal, but it feels like just having that discussion is getting the president the political win he needs, even though it was pretty clumsy, the rollout over the last couple of days. So by the end of the year, what is actually signed into law in terms of infrastructure, in terms of total new spending? Yeah, Kelly, you know what? It feels like four years ago, in June of the Trump administration, first year of the Trump administration, nobody thought he could get his tax reform through. We knew we had a very uh, rocky six-month period of going through the legislative process, and you remember that very well. You covered it excellent during that time. And I think we're facing a very similar situation here. There's going to be ups and downs. The process is not fully determined on the path that we are going to take on this. But ultimately, the Democrats are suggesting that they need $2 trillion of spending to stay competitive in the election, and they are going to use the tools available to get there. It's like a big Rubik's Cube right now. They're just trying to figure out how to get all those pieces to fit. That's an extraordinarily messy process. I think by the end of the year, they're probably going to get $1.5 to $2 trillion, and they're going to get tax increases. So the most important 
important takeaway for investors is that the fiscal policy debate of the Biden agenda started last week and the Democrats are moving forward on reconciliation. And that's going to bring a lot of tax headline risk over the next couple of months. Shepard All Smith, right. Thanks for watching CNBC. they're definitely seeing the signs, the signs that there's a need for some kind of change, some kind of infrastructure that needs to be looked at in America nowadays so we can get things going in the right direction, uh, move away from the old days, and move to a little bit more of a technological-based society. We all walk around with these computers in our hands, but we still want to fill up our gas tanks with gas instead of plugging in a car into an outlet. I mean, that's just easier in my opinion. Um, technology is meant to make our lives easier, give us other options and alternatives. Uh, not everybody wants to take advantage of that and I think that's fine, but we should be a country that gives people enough choices and the ability to make these choices easier. And that's all. That's what this whole infrastructure plan is about. Uh, creating a better country for everyone, giving everybody an equal chance as much as possible um, with making broadband available. Like I'm making a podcast from my home studio now because I have amazing broadband internet where I live. You can't say that for everywhere in this country. It just doesn't happen. But that's going to come to an end. Uh, Biden's going to fix that. People have seen during this, this pandemic the need for things to be better. And there's no problem with that at all. We're going to get better. Eventually. Well, thanks for hanging out with me again on the Doctor Whoever Project. You guys have a great day. Share your story. Because no one's going to share it for you. Doctors in hear anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. Get the facts and judge for yourself at doctorwhoever.com. Leave all the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DrWhoever.com. Okay, bye-bye.